Hello, my name is Dr. Paul Wheatley-Price, a medical oncologist and president of Lung Cancer Canada. Welcome to our podcast series called Lung Cancer Voices. In this series of podcasts, I'm interviewing patients, caregivers, healthcare professionals, some of the leading lung cancer researchers in the country, indeed in the world, to highlight important and relevant issues facing those affected by lung cancer. In this podcast, I'm speaking with two oncologists who are huge names in the world of lung cancer and lung cancer research. Dr. Natasha Lale is a professor of medicine at the University of Toronto and a medical oncologist at the Princess Margaret Cancer Centre. She was recently co-chair of the World Conference on Lung Cancer. She's a former president of Lung Cancer Canada and an internationally respected clinical researcher. Dr. David Gandara is a globally respected oncologist from UC Davis in Sacramento, where he's a professor of medicine and head of the Thoracic Oncology Group. He's a former president of the International Association for the Study of Lung Cancer. He has been and is the lead investigator in multiple practice-changing lung cancer clinical studies. And I would also say he's active on social media, media and I'm, I'm one of the thousands who follow at Dr. Gandara on Twitter. And if you do use Twitter, it's worthwhile tracking his insightful and thoughtful and provoking posts. So the title of this pod is Advances in Lung Cancer, Achievements, Hopes, and Challenges. And we'll be hearing from Drs. Gandara and Lael on their thoughts on these topics. So on to the podcast. Dr. Gandara, over the past, let's say, two to five years, what would you say have been the biggest steps forward in lung cancer treatment? Well, first, uh, thank you uh, for this opportunity. Uh, and I understand that the audience for this podcast is uh, patients and their, their caregivers. So I'll try to put it into a perspective that uh, everyone can understand. And I think everyone can understand it when I say there has never been uh, a time when there have been greater advances in such a short period of time as there have been for lung cancer patients within the last four years. There's nothing like this, not for breast cancer, not for colon cancer, not for any other type. Just within a four-year period, we have, um, if we were an archer, let's say, uh, we have five times as many arrows in our quiver, uh, all the way from improved use of old drugs like chemotherapy combinations with new sorts of drug classes like immunotherapy, uh, targeted therapy, and not only uh, a target, targeted drug for somebody as they start with their cancer journey, but then if the cancer becomes smarter and it becomes resistance, a second generation or a third generation drug. So I'll be interested in what uh, Dr. Leal says, but I, I think it's unprecedented. And as an oncologist who has worked in lung cancer for many years, th th there has never been a better time in terms of me being able to offer uh, these new advances to my patients. Before we go to Dr. Lael, uh, Dr. Gandara, do you think over the next two to five years, we're going to see a continuation of what you've described with immunotherapy and, and targets, or is there something completely new on the horizon that we, we maybe should be thinking about? So when I think of that, I'm thinking when I, when I finish my sort of fellowship and EGFR, positive lung cancer, as one of the targets was just beginning, and we were thinking that, okay, over the next few years, there's going to be more targets, but I don't think we'd really been thinking immunotherapy was on the horizon, or at least at least I hadn't been. So is there something 
completely new we should be looking out for? Well, obviously, that's a great question for which there is no answer. Uh, I am shocked that we've made so many advances in lung cancer therapy, as I just mentioned, within the last few years. So because of that, I would not be surprised if another two to four years brings us many more advances. Whether they are totally different from what we're doing now or whether they are refinements in how we pick patients who are most likely to benefit from immunotherapy, as a, as in a big example, uh, I don't know. I'm thinking probably this is going to be the case, though, where we have a patient come in to the office and we say, you are someone who should not get chemotherapy. You are someone who should get a pill because you have a mutation in your cancer, which we have great treatment for. And then the next patient may be, you are a patient where we should actually give you this new checkpoint immunotherapy where we have turned on your immune system. Your own T cells are going to attack this cancer. And guess what? In your case, if we actually add chemotherapy to it, it's worth it because that's going to make it even better. So how we end up, I'm not sure, but I am optimistic we will have more improvements. Thank you. So, um, Dr. Lale, um, you've, you've heard the thoughts of Dr. Gandhara on these, the sea change over the last four years. Do you agree with him, or are there other things that you would, that you would add? So thanks, Paul. I'm thrilled to be here with Dr. Gandhara and yourself. I absolutely agree. I think that shift from chemotherapy being the best that we could offer to now in clinic, the question is, how do we do so much better than chemotherapy? I think that some of the, the advances in addition to the treatments, the targeted therapy, the immune therapy, which have really been incredible, uh, are how we diagnose cancer. So when I first started, patients would always ask me if there was a blood test to help them figure out whether or not they had lung cancer or whether the cancer was back. I think we're finally in an era where blood-based testing can really help us figure out the type of cancer that people have and, and how to harness that in terms of figuring out how to treat them better. So I think a chance to avoid biopsies, more convenience for patients. I also think moving even earlier in the spectrum, we've learned a lot about uh, screening and early detection of lung cancer, finding cancer when it's at a more curable stage. And we've re really had some revolutionary studies presented just in, within the last five years, even as recently as this past year, looking at the incredible impact that lung cancer screening with a CT scan, we call them low-dose CTs, um, can have on, on patient outcomes. And Natasha, what about Canada? Because it's one thing to talk about these great advances but the American and Canadian healthcare systems are really quite different. So are these advances that we've heard from both of you things that we can reasonably expect in Canada? We've been incredibly lucky in the last five years to really keep pace for many of the new cancer treatments. We have immune therapy funded for Canadians. We have many different types of targeted therapy funded for Canadians. We have access to more and more clinical trials and special access programs. We've got more access to blood-based testing, and we're finally starting to do screening. It's province by province, but I think things are really taking off, and I think we really are catching up and, in many areas, keeping pace. So you've mentioned a couple of times uh, 
blood-based testing. So maybe I could ask Dr. Gandara this. Uh, I should say we're recording this podcast from the Canadian Lung Cancer Conference, where Dr. Gandara is here to give a plenary talk, but has also been talking about blood-based testing. So maybe you could just explain a little bit more about what that is and what we might look to see. When I uh, talk to my patients with lung cancer, um, I surprise them sometimes when I tell them that lung cancer is one of the most complex cancers in terms of the genetic abnormalities. That is both good and bad. It means that lung cancer has been difficult to treat in the past. As a matter of fact, uh, the American uh, Society of Clinical Oncology uh, and one of the president's addresses a few years ago, he, he talked about this and he said, you know, uh, childhood leukemia is a stupid cancer. It only has a very few mutations in it. No wonder it has such a high cure rate. And on the other end, lung cancer is so complex that's why it's so difficult to treat. But we've turned this on its head because now we have discovered that we can identify these mutations which may be totally different in one patient to the next. And we now have drugs, usually oral drugs, pills, that can uh, target these specific abnormalities. So if you are a patient with lung cancer who is listening to this, you may be one that has what we call an oncogene. And if so, then chemotherapy or even the new immunotherapy is not the right treatment for you. It is one of these targeted drugs. How do we identify the targets? In the past, it required a biopsy or sometimes multiple biopsies to be able to identify the abnormalities. We've now found that everyone, normals, uh, me, you, and cancer patients, when cells die, their DNA gets into the blood. If there is a mutation, for example, in that DNA, we can often measure it, and we can use it as an ancillary way to find that treatable abnormality. In contrast to the big um, positive you've described, what would you say is the biggest challenges we're going to face to be able to deliver these uh, new treatments and, and new tests? That's a great question. I don't think the greatest challenge is science. There are so many people working on lung cancer now, all aspects. How do we detect it earlier? How do we select the best treatment for the right patient? When do you do surgery? When do you not do surgery? All of these things are being looked at. Unfortunately, as is true for many things in the world, I, I think the biggest challenge is going to be cost. How do we afford this? And also access. How do we make sure that every patient in the United States, every patient in Canada, has access to what we would consider the new standards of care. And that's something, of course, I don't think you or I can solve. But I hope that our government, and one in the United States, for example, the moonshot, the moonshot by Joe Biden, is one attempt to funnel 
more resources into lung cancer research as well as for other cancers. And uh, so fortunately, Dr. Lael, I know that one of your areas of expertise is in cost-effectiveness. And so we, Dr. Gandara has just you know, said that the challenges are going to be cost and access. In the Canadian context, how do you see us navigating that? So currently in Canada, there's really been progress made in terms of us working as a country. As people know, Canada really has 10 separate healthcare systems, one for each province, plus one that looks after people in the territories. And so it's been a real challenge to unite us so that we really function as a country, but but that has happened. So there is a process, the Pan-Canadian Oncology Drug Review, where we have clinicians who talk about the value of a new treatment in, in human terms, what it means for a patient. And then we also have economists who talk to the, the physicians and other, other experts to, to get a good sense of how will this impact the healthcare budgets? Can we afford it? And one of the great things about this process is even though we might start at a certain level or a certain level of affordability or unaffordability, you can very quickly through this process figure out how different provinces can afford these new treatments. And, and so I think that that process has really streamlined drug approval and drug funding, uh, and I think we're definitely making progress. Thank you. So let's just finish up by talking about hope. We've talked about achievements and challenges. Um, I think we can be hugely encouraged by the advances you've been describing. So I'll, I'll ask both of you this. What would you say um, that can give lung cancer patients and families the most genuine and realistic hope as we go forward, Dr. Gandara? Well, this not, may not be the answer you're expecting, but, but I, I tell my patients, educate yourself and educate your caregivers and be a partner with your oncologist or surgeon, whatever the case may be, in determining how you're going to be treated, how you're going to be managed. And my patients sometimes will say, well, but you're the doctor, you know, I, I don't have that degree. And I'm not saying that you, uh, as a patient, will direct the care, but if you are a partner in determining how that care is given, what things are important to you? Is it that you want to see your son graduate from high school? Is it that you want to have the best quality of life? Communication between patients and their physicians in cancer care is as important or more important than any other aspect of medicine. So that would be my simple message. I love that answer. One of my mentors said to me that um, uh, a meeting bet between a patient and, the, and their doctor should be a meeting of two experts, where the physician is the expert in the disease and the treatment and the side effects and the prognosis, and the patient is the expert in how they feel and what they want. Um, Natasha, what should we be most hopeful about? I think what we've seen in lung cancer is that every few months there's a new breakthrough, there's a new drug approved, there's a new option for people with lung cancer. And so I think we really need to keep focused on the progress, uh, keep people focused on 
what's next and how can I improve what I'm currently doing. I agree with Dr. Gandara completely. I think one of the great things about progress today is it's all over the internet so people can read about it, they can bring it back to their doctor, they can ask their healthcare team, how do I get access to that? And so I think more than ever before, it's, it's an equal partnership. And I think in the current setting of so many advances and so much progress in lung cancer, I think there's, there's never been more hope and I'm really thrilled. Thank you. So that ends this podcast where we have heard from two physicians who I have tremendous respect for as national and international leaders in lung cancer. So thank you, Dr. Gandara. Thank you, Dr. Lael. And I hope those listening to this are as encouraged as I have been. Thank you again for joining us. Lung Cancer Voices was made possible in part by a generous donation from Marielle and Nick Burris. Thanks to our producer, Ryan Mullen. Please send us your feedback, like and follow us on Facebook at LungCan and on Twitter at LungCancer underscore can. For more information about lung cancer or to donate, volunteer or share your story, visit our webpage at lungcancercanada.ca.